0: done well. That was absolutely amazing. It's quite different standing up here. Um, Hello, everybody. Um, Well, I'm speaking on the other half of um, Peter, of Peter 3, uh, 1 Peter 3, 8 to 22. I think we can put it up. Um, So I'll start off with that. Finally, all of you have unity of mind, sympathy, brotherly love, a tender heart and humble mind. Do not repair evil for evil or reviling with reviling. But on the contrary, bless for this, is you, this for the, to this you are called, that you may obtain a blessing for whoever desires to love life and see good days, let him keep his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. Let him turn away from evil and do good. Let him seek peace and pursue it. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are open to prayer. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. Now, who is there to harm you if you are zealous for what is good? But even if you should suffer for righteousness sake, you will be blessed. Have no fear of them, nor be troubled, but in your heart's honour, Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defence to anyone who asks for a reason for the hope that is in you, yet do it with gentleness and respect, having a good conscience so that when you are slandered, those who revile your good behaviour in Christ may be put to shame. For it is better to suffer for doing good, if that should be God's will, than for doing evil. For Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteousness for the unrighteous, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but made alive in the Spirit, in which he went and proclaimed to the spirits in prison, because they formerly did not obey When God's patience waited in the days of Noah, while the ark was being prepared, in which a few days, that is eight persons, were brought safely home through water. Baptism, which corresponds to this, now saves you, not as a removal of dirt from the body, but as an appeal to God for a good conscience. Through through the resurrection, And of Jesus Christ, who has gone into heaven and is at the right hand of God, with angels, authorities, powers, having been subjected to to him. So today, we're going to look at 1 Peter 3, 8 to 22, where he talks about the behaviors we should be embracing to live a good life. And the sacrifice Jesus made to allow us to have a good life into eternity. Peter starts off by saying, finally. Doesn't finally mean the end. Wouldn't this verse rather come at the end of the chapter or the end of the book? But Peter's words are relevant today as they were for those reading this letter many years ago. And Peter is addressing all of us. I feel he is saying, pay attention and listen to what God has to say. What do we need to change in our behavior in order to conduct ourselves in a godly manner? He highlights the importance of our heart attitudes, our speech, what we do, and what we listen to. If we want to live, love our lives and live every day in our inheritance and blessings God has promised us, we need to check our heart motives. Are they pure? Do they match up with what God says in his word? Do do we do things for the right reasons or for personal gain or selfishness? I think maybe for myself, I need to double check if I am sometimes doing things for the wrong reasons. We all have a different love language. Mine is affirmation. I like to hear, well done, Linda. That's great. Wow. Thanks for helping. Maybe I didn't get enough affection shown to me as a child. I don't know. but hearing those words makes me feel good. After reading these verses, though, I wonder what my motives really are. Am I doing this just for the kind words that make me feel all fluffed up and feeling important because I'm trying, or because I'm trying to live the life God expe- expects me to? There's lots of reflection needed there. Psalm 34, 13 to 14. If you can put that up. Uh, keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking deceit. Turn away from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. Seek peace. Does Peace doesn't just come along. We need to search it. Find it in God's word. Then pursue it. And then hold on to it. By keeping our minds free from the attacks of the enemy, we stand in a better place when the attacks come. Peter says to have have godly responses when harsh words are spoken to us. Do not retaliate. Sometimes that's easier said than done. It's our natural reaction to give like for like. When you find yourselves in a confrontational situation, take a step back, walk away, rather than allow the tongue to run away and let the enemy get the better of us. Jesus said, Repair evil with good. Bless them and you will be blessed. James 3, 5-6, this is from the New Passion Translation. And so the tongue is a small part of the body, yet it carries great power. Just, I just think of how small... Sorry, I'll read that again. Sorry. And so the tongue is a small part of the body, yet it carries great power. Just think of how a small flame can set a huge forest ablaze. And the tongue is a fire... It can be compared to the sum total of wickedness and is the most dangerous part of the human body. It corrupts the entire body and is a hellish flame. It releases a fire that can burn throughout the course of human existence. One wrong or misinterpreted word can run like wildfire through the body of the church and in our lives, creating great damage. Let's be mindful of our words and how we use them, keeping our tongues out of trouble. I can be like Peter, (laughs) hasty in my speech and putting my foot right where it doesn't belong. A few of the things Matt had to say about Peter and the person he was made me chuckle. That's me, I thought. One thing I am learning through this is to be more tolerant when things don't go right or the way I expect them to. In verse 8, Peter mentions the word sympathy. Have sympathy for those you know are suffering. So the Aramaic sympathy says suffering with those who are suffering. When the Lord was brought up, when the Lord brought us through the when the Lord has brought us through the same or simil- similar things, suffering like pain, anguish, loss of a loved one, financial pressures, etc., we can be a great encouragement and comfort to others. Drawing close to them as Jesus close, draws close to us. Continue to nurture, nurture your compassion and love one another as God loves us. Don't let your suffering suffering be in vain when you can help someone through theirs. Walk the road with them and you will be blessed. The lamb used for sacrifice by the Israelites, a lamb without blemish, was killed swiftly. No No pain was felt by the lamb. But Jesus, being the sacrificial lamb, was without sin. "'took upon himself the sins of the world. "'He was mocked, flogged, "'and all sorts of unimaginable things were done to him. "'A piercing crown of thorns thrust onto his head, "'the thorns penetrating his scalp and his forehead. "'Oh, how he suffered for us. "'Jesus went through all of that for us.' took on the sins of the world for us. Oh my goodness, how can we not love Jesus? He gave his life for me and you. How can we not give our lives to him? That's all he wants is to draw us back to him. He loves us so much. Jesus is standing at the door waiting for you to knock. All Jesus wants to do is show us how much he loves us. What was Jesus' response to his suffering? It was to ask his Father to forgive them, those who were crucifying him on the cross, because they didn't know what they were doing. Luke 23, 34, And Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. The prisoner that hung on the cross beside Jesus said to Jesus in Luke 23:42 to 43, Jesus, remember me when you are in your kingdom. And Jesus said to him, Truly, I say to you today, you will be with me in paradise. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. <laughs> that is how good our God is. He forgives us of all our sins because he loves us. He has so much love for us. So let me share, let me share how this teaching has become real in my life. Sorry, I do need a... Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I have this scripture on my desk to remind me how much God has done for me and how much he has helped me come through the hard times in my life. I lost my husband, Brian, in 2006 on the 18th of August. This year, it will be 17 years since he went to be with Jesus. We were together for that 39 years and he was my soulmate. Then came another shock. During the COVID epidemic, my lovely son, Stephen, who was living in South Africa with his beautiful wife and four amazing children, had an aneurysm on the 14th of September, 2020, and never recovered from that and died three days later on the 17th of September. He was only 49. That was so hard as we couldn't get to South Africa because of the flying restrictions. Sadly, neither Tracy nor my my daughter nor myself were able to support Melissa and the children in person during this awful time, only over video calls. That was heartbreaking, but their faith in Jesus carried them as it has done with Tracy and I. We prayed and we prayed for a miracle, a miracle that didn't come. Where was God during this time? He was walking the road with us, carrying us. During one of my terms, times of prayer, crying out to, for my son to live, God told me, It's okay, I have Stephen in the palm of my hand. God is not to blame. I have asked why, but he's not to blame. After all, we are only passing through. Our time on earth is limited, but we will have eternity in heaven, where I will see Brian and Stephen again. We will all rejoice there together. I have learned that God only means things for the good. He has kept me strong and close to him when things get a bit tough. My faith in the Lord grows daily. He has done great things in my life, and my hope is in him for the things he has done in the past and the things he will do in the future for myself and my family. Stephen left an amazing legacy behind him. When we we had a celebration of his life, five of his friends and colleagues gave their lives to Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. We are so blessed to have Melissa and the children living with us here in the UK. And God has truly blessed all of us. So church, let's be united together in Christ. To love one another as Jesus loves you. Keep our hearts soft and pliable so God can do his work. He wants to mold and shape us into the likeness of Jesus. Amen.
1: Hey, my name's Dan Baptist and I'm lead pastor here at Jubilee Community Church. We really hope that something from this morning's word has blessed you and reached you. And if you'd like to talk about anything you've heard or just be able to talk about maybe faith or get some prayer, then please get in contact. You can email us, give us a call at the centre and one of the teams is going to get back to you. We'd love to do this, especially if you're just thinking about what it is to become a Christian. You want to sit down and really talk that through with anyone. We also run regularly on a Sunday some joining the church courses and if you want to know more about Jubilee Community Church and what it is to belong here then you can just uh, find out online when the next one of those is going on and you can attend, have a meal, sit down, talk about it. We also have some amazing midweek group life uh, where it's a great opportunity to dig further into your faith. Again you can find out that on our website too. Anyway, just wanted to say hi and uh, bless you and we'll catch up soon.